0: Well, I want to welcome y'all to another daily decade, your rosary on the road. I guess we really are back because now I've done this is the second episode in a row I've done. uh, We're we're not skipping any days. Uh, I have a prayer intention today from longtime listener James. Uh, He's got. in a lot of ways, it's a prayer of praise and thanksgiving, although um, his uh, grandfather still has a little bit uh, to go. His was, grandfather was doing very ill, or he was very ill. He was doing very poorly, um, and he recently had a, He told me about it, and um, he had a lot of people praying for him already, but he took a turn, and uh, he's doing much better now, still you know, at 92, uh, as well as one could hope to do, but he is still ill. Strictly speaking, the doctors have said so. Uh, so I'd like to pray for his full and total recovery um, and also offer a prayer of, of thanksgiving for his his well-being, both uh, for, for James' sake as well as for the sake of, of his grandfather. If you have a prayer intention you can write that into daily Deckett requests at protonmail.com you can find me on the fediverse uh, which is at Mario Goretti at nobody the dot biz uh, you can find me on gab at the daily decade uh, you can uh, find a hunt us down at, uh, at on telegram we're at the daily decade there too um, see so I've got the email I've got the the social media. What am I missing? The website. You can also find us on the website. Comment on what we post, on the, on what I post on the website. It's going to be praytherosaryeveryday.wordpress.com or where we're syndicated at exodusamericanus.com. Those are all places... You will be able to find The Daily Decade and me and uh, write in your prayer requests, any questions that you have, any requests uh, for topics or commentary. A little while ago, we had somebody who wanted to talk about sexual ethics and made that recommendation, and it actually turned out to be a pretty good reflection. So uh, you know, sometimes I have a hard time coming up with ideas on my own. I can come up with a lot better ideas if the reflections that I have are things you want to hear somebody else talk about get some perspective from somebody else i don't pretend to have answers and i'm not a teaching authority being only a layman uh, but uh, sometimes it helps to get somebody else to reflect on a subject give you some new perspective uh, turn things uh, in a different uh, different direction see them in a different light so i welcome suggestions and ideas for anything that you'd like to hear commented upon that uh, that I haven't. I know I have a tendency to fall into certain ruts over time and repeat myself and focus on things. It has to do with my own life, <clears throat> and my own life has you know enough going on in it as we all do. But uh, that's so. Write into any of those places. Uh, drop me a line. Uh, send me a direct message, whatever, and uh, I'll be you know, delighted to get back to you and mention you on the on the recording here. Now, for right now, let's go ahead and turn our hearts and our minds to God so that we can pray for James's grandfather, uh, who I, for whom I do not have a name, uh, so we're just a servant of God, uh, the grandfather of James. Today is a Wednesday, so we're going to pray in Latin. In nomine Patris, et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Parernoster qui es in Cielis, sanctificator nomen tuum, regnum. tuum. via voluntas tua, in credo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie. Et dimiri nobis debita nostra, sic et nos te minimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus. At benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc in ora mortis nostrae Amen. Ave Maria, Ave Maria, grazia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta II in edibus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, <coughs> Nunquam et ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, in et mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et Benedicta fructus ventris tui, iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunqued in oramortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et Benedicta fructus ventris tui, iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunqued in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, grazia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tu Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunquen in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, grazia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu and mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tu iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus. Nunquam erunt mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedictus tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, ut numquam erunt mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patria, Fidio et Spiritui Sancto. Sicut erat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et saecula saeculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, vita Dulcedo et spes nostri, salve. Ad te clamamus exulis filia evi. Ad te suspiramus, cementes et flentes in haclac romarum vale. Aea ergo, advoca nostra, ilos tuus misericordes oculos ad nos converte. Et iesum, beatum fructum ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende. O Clemens, o Pia, o Dulci Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei Genatrix, with the digni officiamor promissionibus Christi. oremus. Pour forth we beseech Thee, O Lord, Thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the Incarnation of Christ, Thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by His Passion and Cross be brought to the glory of His Resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. John the Evangelist. Humbly we approach thee, most favored of all apostles, on behalf of the servant of God, the grandfather of James, that in his long life, as you had a long life to look back upon that was full of the presence of our Lord, so too may he now look back upon his long life and see clearly the presence of the Lord in it, and that he might better be prepared for those years which are ahead of him, and in sickness, as he is now, as well as in health, which we pray he shall be in soon, he may find the presence of God to prepare him for standing in the presence of that same God, our Lord Jesus Christ whom thou didst follow and serve, and for which service thou wast rewarded greatly. Let him likewise find reward before the presence of our Lord. And we ask this in the name of the same Jesus Christ, who livest and reignest with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in our daily lives, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Sacritissimum Corriezo, misericordiae, nobis, sacritissimum regnum Spiritus Sancti. art of dying well is something i think that's been very much lost and it's something that is worth reflecting on it's something that is present not just in christian society but it's been gaining interest i think in most traditional or maybe traditional is the wrong word traditional it will say traditional with a little t communities and movements and thought patterns that have sprung up over the last hundred years or so. See, it's 2021, so hundred years or so, yeah. From the 1920s. Maybe a little bit before that. We seem to be keenly aware in our comfort that we have forgotten how to die. There was a brief moment when we forgot it, and I know of my generation uh, and of the generation younger than me, there is a great... Uh, belief, and, and it is—it's—it's it's founded in, in a lot of truth—that the generations which precede us immediately, particularly the baby boomers, are ill-equipped to deal with death and actively flee from it and the ability to confront it. And so, one of the things that we wish to gain—and I speak based on anecdote, you know, based on my own anecdotal experience, and of course myself personally. One of the things that I have noticed that those of us in my own generations who, who are aware of this, one of the things we seek to gain is an ability to uh, die well. The quest of the previous generation seemed to be overcome death. I was thinking of that film, The Raiders of or no, the Raiders of Lost Ark, The Last Crusade, an Indiana Jones film. And, you know, as a child, I don't know that it struck me quite how absurd. The principle behind that movie is the idea that there's a a a cup somewhere that will grant you eternal life everlasting life on earth not eternal life but everlasting life on earth and that this cup is somehow godly as though anything as though God would ever desire that and in fact we I think we miss a major thing in the book of Genesis there's so much argument over Genesis and creation that there's an element of the creation of man and the, the cast, the fall of man that's utterly forgotten by most people, and that is that there were two trees in paradise from which we were told not to eat. Uh, the first one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the other one was the tree of life. And God explicitly said, now that man has eaten of the tree of good and evil, we must prevent him from eating of the tree of life lest he live forever now an atheist reading of that might say well uh, God's being quite petty and childish here isn't he and you have to understand the reason why they would say that is because they don't ultimately understand what the implications of that are a materialist would see that as a punishment and the fact that so many people view it as a punishment and so many people seem to desire this thing that you see, represented in the last in the, that movie, in the Last Crusade, of everlasting life here on Earth. What it demonstrates is an inability to understand what our purpose here on Earth actually is. It's also really rather pessimistic, as if this is the best that we're ever going to get. <laughs> I, if I, I suppose, if I thought this life was the best I was ever going to get, I would stop believing in God too. But there are people and I think that's really the starting point. People get convinced, they can't comprehend anything beyond what they have in front of them. They think this is the end of it all. This is the this is what we're this is what we have. You know, you get six feet, not an inch more, not an inch less. And I suppose at that point I would give up on belief in God too. What what kind of loving deity would ever condemn someone to be in this place forever? Nothing satisfies Nothing fulfills, nothing completes. It's always just a striving, a constant moving forward, a constant hunger, an appetite that's unquenchable. That's that's nihilism. That's real nihilism. When people talk about Nietzsche being a nihilist. Nietzsche was trying to achieve the eternal with without the tools to do so. And in that way, he was something of a nihilist, but not consciously so. There are people that are consciously nihilistic. relationship with death is our means to overcome that and our means to overcome our nihilistic tendencies really when we seek after everlasting life on this earth we what we're ultimately doing is we're limiting ourselves in a tremendous way and God has promised us so much more than that which is why ultimately he took away the tree of life, locked us out of the Garden of Eden and kept that from us in Genesis. The reason was because he was sparing us terrible punishment. To live forever on this earth is to live constantly waiting for something that will never come. And I don't just mean heaven and and the rewards and all of that, but I mean in in a broader sense. Everything on there is no real satisfaction, even if you finish a project, you're on to the next project, and that's the essence of this world. It's there's an incompleteness to it, and it's because of this chasm that was created by the fall. This separate this cleavage between God and His creation, whereby His creation has become imperfect, it has fallen away from Him, lost a bit of the light because of the fall, and so on its own it lacks that ability to satisfy and to complete which really comes from one's relationship to one's origin you know the, the 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 completeness of the of the seed is in the tree which is a return to its origin the acorn falls and it grows into a new tree and that new tree in turn generates an acorn there's a, a cycle that never ends in that regard but it's a it is in nature, a full a cycle. It's a return. It's a constant return. Satisfaction is found in return. Well, none of us can return to our origins in God uh, as long as we remain attached to what's going on in this world in this life. And that's why satisfaction, true satisfaction, can only come from God. And you know, the heathen have some understanding of this. the uh, the the, uh, the the demon worshippers in in India, the the Hindus, they have a an understanding of this and this cycle of of rebirth. Their goal is to get out of that cycle of rebirth. There's something called um, I think they call it samsara, is the cycle of rebirth. and uh, what the what the Buddhists call nirvana. I think, I think it's called moksha in uh, among the Hindus. They have a, uh, this this idea that you will eventually find satisfaction and perfection only through the escape of the cycle. And they're on to something there. The, the demons that deceived them let a little bit of the light through. Uh, rather like how the demons that deceived uh, our European ancestors let a little bit of the light through. You have uh, Odin, the the, the the chief Germanic god is hanged on a hanged on a tree, pierced in the side. You know, there's there's all these little there's these little things the demons can't help but let through, you know, as the even as they deceive. And we too, we look at nature. Nature has cycles to it. History has cycles to it. All of these things. There's a death. There's a growth. There's a rebirth. Uh, all of these things are are present in creation but nothing is ever fulfilled there's no finality to it because creation has this divergence, it has this this cleavage that exists between the creator and the creation we as human beings have a unique ability we can find finality and fulfillment and we can do that because we have a rational soul And so, the art of dying well, the the interest in dying well on the part of a Christian, is ultimately an expression of this very thing. We have the ability to return to our Creator and be fulfilled and satisfied. And we do it through living with death as the end in sight. Rather than diminish ourselves into mere animalism to ignore the rational part of the soul that can get us out of this which is really what clinging to life is the, the, the fear of death is animalistic in nature the embrace of death the love of death the desire for a good death now, not self-destruction we're not talking about something suicidal but rather the acceptance of death as a reality and the preparation for it and everything that it means. That is the height of what makes a human, human. And so aiming for a good death, understanding a good death and striving for it is the essence of our humanity or not the essence, it is the zenith of our humanity. It's the engagement of that element of our humanity that makes us the most human because it is eternal in its nature. How do you die a good death? You die in such a way that ties you most to your humanity, to your nature as a human, your created nature now, not your fallen nature, but your created nature as a human. And as I've said before, what our fallen nature fears, our created nature craves, this is that conflict that exists within man. And that conflict is played out a bit, in the the agony of the garden where Christ is struggling his human and his divine wills are in in conflict with one another because of the human desire to avoid death and avoid what must be done and he he does this and the agony in the garden is passed down to us very deliberately our Lord did not go into the garden merely out of a, a whimsy he did this purposefully in order to illustrate to us something about ourselves it almost makes him more human than he was than he would be without the agony in the garden and the agony of the garden therefore becomes something intrinsic to the whole passion which is the the elevation of humanity the only, you know, the only way out is through. That's what the that's what the passion really is. The only way out of our fallen state is through our human is going through our humanity and all of its faults, and that means the physical weaknesses. That means the evils that he had to endure. That means the uh, the the pain and the suffering. Everything that goes along with the passion, and the passion includes the agony in the garden, because that is where the whole struggle between the divine and the human that results in their perfect un- their perfect union it's the elimination of that cleavage of God and creation creator and creation that takes place with the resurrection where the transfigured body of Christ is raised up from the dead and bears still all the wounds of the passion but nevertheless is made new And that's what we have before us in this struggle with death. To die well is to die in such a way that this union is achieved, even imperfectly, within ourselves. And so it makes the prayer for the day very easy. Our prayer, my prayer is, is very simply that we begin to live our lives with an eye for dying well. That striving for the union, striving to overcome the cleavage between creator and creation, we should achieve that union with God's intervention and rise with him, sharing in his resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.